Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. This is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ali. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Hello and welcome to the WrestleTalk podcast. I am Luke Owen and I'm joined by the hardest working person in all of sports infotainment, Denise Salcedo. Hi, I now feel guilty when I take breaks because now that you've given me that <laughs> moniker, whenever I'm relaxing, I'm like, no, no, Denise can't relax and get up and do something. I can't let Luke down, not after all of this. Exactly. After all, every week, that's the that's my new introduction. I can't. I can't afford relaxation. Oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to apply this extra pressure on you. <laughs> Thanks, Luke. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get into the show itself. Talking about Matt Hardy, and then we've got a big bumper mailbag to dive into. So here is the show. What's up, Luke? How are you? I'm doing good, man. I'm tired this week, though, man. Like, I don't know what's wrong with me, but I'm really tired this week. I am feeling it. I am feeling so lazy today. Like, I just <laughs> want to go to bed and just not wake up for like 13 hours. But I don't have that luxury, unfortunately. <laughs> Is it because you got bullied by Sean and Izzy? I got bullied. Did you see that? Did you see I that? I saw Sean set you up. I saw totally Sean set me up. completely got Izzy on his side to bully you about uh, Taylor Swift. It's uncalled for, man. The worst thing is I didn't even see it coming whatsoever, okay? I just went innocently thinking we were going to talk about Hell in a Cell predictions. That's all I had prepared. And then lo and behold, Izzy turned heel and went anti-Swifty mode. And Sean definitely persuaded her on that end and what can you do what can you do uh, sean is the much. worst we've, <laughs> sean is the worst we've said it many many times and we said again he's the worst um okay so um also as well congratulations to your other new role that you've got now the hardest working person takes on more work uh, tell us about your new role that you've got 
So I'm supposed to be getting started soon, hopefully sometime this week, if not early next week with Collider. I'm going to be doing video stuff for Pro Wrestling Sheet and some stuff for Collider as well. I'm kind of just waiting to get all the rest of the information that I need to get started. So as soon as that's going, um, I'm hoping to get the ball rolling and just really help, you know, take over the channel. So it should be fun. I'm excited for it. No, the, the train does not stop rolling. Uh, for Denise Salcedo. I need money, Luke. I need more <laughs> money. <laughs> You've got a wedding to pay here. for. What? You've got a wedding to pay for. Exactly. I have a wedding to pay for. I live in Los Angeles. Rent is so <laughs> dang expensive here. Uh, I need money. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, talking of big money, maybe big money Matt will be able to help you. Look at that for a segue. Um, because this week on AEW, they announced there is going to be the elite deletion match at full gear between Matt Hardy and Sammy Guevara. This has been a feud that has been long going in AEW. And I think we all assumed had come to an end after All Out. But nope, it, it is still continuing. Uh, so they announced the match like they, they started the feud again last week. They announced the match this week. Dave Meltzer reported on Wrestling Observer Radio that it is going to be a cinematic match filmed at the Hardy Compound. And it's apparently been the plan to have this match between these two since March. So like it was always supposed to culminate in this match. And Matt cut a promo on Twitter where the broken Matt Hardy character came out at the end. So we're likely going to get to see the, the return of the broken Matt Hardy character, which we haven't seen on AEW for a little while. Matt came out and did a promo saying, hey guys, this character didn't work in AEW, not going to be doing it anymore. Um, but we're looking to get the return of that character, getting the return of the Hardy Compound. So, you know, all of the classic stuff that we love from the, the, the broken universe. But my question is, Denise, are you excited for this match? Do you, do you want to see another match between Matt and Sammy? See, when you said we all thought it was over, I was one of those people that really didn't think that after this whole, you know, that big incident with Matt Hardy, I thought this was kind of over. I didn't really think like, oh, man, we never got to finish this. Not once did that cross my mind. And so when they circled back on this for eight on AEW Dynamite, I was like, oh, I forgot that that was a thing. OK, we're going back to it. But it's kind of. I can't really get my interest in back into this storyline just because there was that big, you know, not like big disconnection, but it's just, I feel like even though it's been such a short period of time, I feel so much has happened since then that I long forgot about this. Uh, but given the fact that Matt Hardy, you know, has done amazing cinematic matches in the past, you know, with Impact Wrestling and all of that. I think that them doing this is actually going to be, uh, I think it's going to be, I have a good feeling about it. I think it's going to be good. And I think that if anybody who is going to put together an awesome cinematic match, it's going to be Matt Hardy. Cause you know, he has, he, he kind of kick started that off. And then he's also has, you know, a reputation to sort of build on top of that. So I'm excited for it, even though I'm not necessarily hot on the feud. I'm more excited about the aspect that it's a cinematic match. Yeah, I think I can. I, I agree with that. Like, I'm I'm so done with this feud, I think, because it's been a feud that has been, I mean, it's kind of made me uncomfortable from sort of, you know, nearly day one, really, because you had the, the chair incident where Sammy threw the chair into Matt and completely cut him open, like completely bled a gusher there, which apparently got Sammy some massive backstage heat. Then, as you said, we had the incident at All Out, which like really like put a damper on the pay-per-view and sort of my feelings on the pay-per-view and also my enjoyment of the show. So, like, to do a third match in this series just feels like uh, I, I, I'm not 
I'm not excited for it. I'd kind of like, I'd prefer to see Sammy move on to something else. I'd prefer to see Matt's move on to something else. But, you know, if this was always their plan, that they wanted to finish this off in, a, in an a elite deletion match at the Hardy compound, then, you know, I, I, I get it. I get why they're going for it. I'm hoping that they can do something that can get this feud kind of like kickstarted again and kind of get the fans to forget about all the, the previous bad stuff that's happened between these two, uh, you know, IRL rather than kayfabe wise, so that we can just enjoy the match and we can sort of get into it. Because like, you know, you know it's been a while since we've seen a, a real true broken Matt Hardy deletion style match, you know, at the Hardy compound, because I don't think the WWE one can... I, don't, I mean, some people may count it. I don't think you can really count it. It didn't feel, it didn't have that same level of like effort put behind it by the company itself. So yeah, I, I'm I'm excited to go back there. It's just, yeah, I think they need to do something really big to kind of get fans back on board for it. And I'm guessing the fact that they, you know, if this was a plan all along, then it must be really good or they must have a really good idea for this or a really good concept for this. If they're like, nah, after everything that's happened, we're going to go back and we're still going to do this because we have this awesome idea. So if anything, it has me wondering what they have worked up their sleeves for this. Yeah. And, and you know, as I said, Matt Hardy has, has teased the fact that we're going to get broken Matt Hardy returning. Are you excited to see the return of broken Matt Hardy? Because he hasn't had the, the greatest success in, in all elite wrestling. I'm, I don't know if I'm going to say I'm excited. I'm curious as to what they're going to do, but I wouldn't go as far as to say that I'm actually excited for it. I feel like, I don't know. It's just not one of those things that I'm like, you know, everybody has different things that they get excited for. I don't think that it that that's the case for me on this one. Okay, well, let's look at the ratings for both shows uh, from last night. AEW and NXT had very big competition uh, from cable news channels as well as the second game in the World Series, which I think is baseball. That's a baseball thing, right? Yeah, it's definitely a baseball thing. Definitely. Okay, cool. I, I don't know, dude, because there's so many like American things that have various games of a tournament. I, I don't know. Wait, you were I, being I, serious? I thought you oh, were yeah, joking. I, uh, no, I don't know. Like I, I baseball, like the World Series, I know from Back to the Future 2. Like that is that is my cultural reference to it. Stop it. I can't the believe it. The World Series. Because <laughs> things like here, even if you're not a fan of baseball or you're not like, you know, a diehard fan, it's such a casual thing to go out and do on the weekend. Like, hey, let's go to a baseball game. Let's eat and watch the game. And you always know the people that aren't really fans because they just go and have like side conversations. <laughs> My only, like, we don't really have baseball here. My brother went to a baseball game in America and said it was the most boring thing he's ever been to in his life because it just never ended. That's what my grandma says. That was the first thing she did when she came to the country. And now she hates <laughs> baseball. Like, she hates baseball so much because she went to a game and it lasted forever and they even had extra innings. See, I like baseball games because I actually understand baseball. And I in uh, Dodger Stadium, they have the all-you-can-eat section. And you can eat all all that you want hot dogs nachos everything that you can think of oh i missed all you can eat section <laughs> all right well that i'm i'm on board for and all you can eat section that i'm in for um because simply because like when you get food at like venues and stuff dang it's expensive like that's oh, really yeah. pricey so if you can pay one price and get loads of food yeah uh, i'll be in for that uh, anyway so aw and, and nxt struggled against game two of the world series uh aw got 753,000 viewers um which is uh down nearly nine percent from last week um and it's the identical number that they did two weeks ago nxt also down but only about one percent so basically the same viewers they got last week 
week, 644,000 644,000 viewers. Yeah, I did get that right. Uh, which is the, also the exact number they did two weeks ago. The uh, the World Series, uh, for the record, did 9 million viewers uh, on Fox. So, like, uh, the first two hours of that went directly against Dynamite NXT, so they got crushed. Uh, Can by you imagine any day. wrestling show today getting 9 million views? <laughs> Heck, even <laughs> 8, 7, 6. I'll just keep working my way down. <laughs> it is sad when you think about that. It is really, really sad. Every time, like you think about like the ratings from like back in the day, and you compare them to now, it's like, where did everybody go? Come back! Come back. <laughs> that, third, that third hour drove everyone away. Um, but yeah, before we get into the mailbag, uh, any thoughts on both AEW and NXT from last night? I mean, both. Of, I mean, God, they were both good shows. I thought NXT had two killer matches, and I thought that AEW did a lot. And I mean, we all have to talk about that musical number, which I saw your performance with Ollie. I couldn't stop laughing. It made my day. It really made my day. Thanks, man. Um, Fun fact, we recorded that separately. Wait, you guys weren't together when you did this? No, no, no. We realized that we weren't going to be able to do it through um, through like StreamYard, which is what we record our podcast through, because the delay will just make it impossible to edit. So we just recorded it each bit separately. Um, and then our editor spliced it all together. Oh, my God. So when I saw that, I was like, first of all, they are so fast that they got this up and that they even came up with the concept and the idea to do this. But I honestly thought that it was like live on the spot, just not like live, but at least, you know, done at the exact same time. So that is impressive. <laughs> Kudos to the both of you for that. I mean, that was awesome. All you all uh, all you needed was the was the dancing at the bottom so we can see the feet. So, <laughs> but it was. Oh, that would have made it. That would have made it so much worse because I cannot dance to save my life. Like that was at my wedding last like, a couple of years ago. That was the thing I was most worried about was dancing in front of my friends. Did you guys do dance classes? People do that oh, no. for weddings. No, no, no. We uh, we like practiced like in our living room. You know, like my wife basically was just like, "This is what we're going to do," and I was like, <laughs> "Okay." And it was just a lot of like you know shuffling. Basically, was what I did. So just moving back and forth that's great i would love to see you dance one day, one day. there is a video of it somewhere i think because i think like ollie did a video because ollie was you know he was there was one of my groomsmen i think he took a video of it because it was the start of a news episode just okay, after we got married and i'll find it for you. yeah we need to see it but what did you think though were you surprised when you saw oh, jericho it and mjf do this like because i didn't see it coming Oh, dude, neither did I. Like I, I was saying on the AEW review last night, I got so snarky in my nose being like, oh, this is so clearly a fake restaurant. Like they, don't, they haven't even tried here. But that was the point. I totally got worked. That was the point. The, because then they like reveal the curtains to be this big song and dance number. I loved it. I laughed so much. It totally took me by surprise. I get why people hated it. I totally get that, it, you know, why it has been divisive. But I loved it. I thought it was so funny. Yeah, I said, I was like, okay, if someone loves it, they really loved it. If someone hated it, they hated it. Like, there's really no in-between. I don't think there's anybody who was like, well, I kind of liked it, but I kind of didn't. But at the same time, it's like, it's different, though. And see, the fact that it surprised the majority of all of us, like, nobody saw this coming, nobody expected it, that's what made it extra special. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, yeah, speaking of surprises, Pat McAfee's back. Oh my gosh, that too. I I was I forgot to mention that. I'm excited for him. People seem to really like him, especially after his showcase with Adam Cole. So, hey, why not? He's passionate. He's willing to put the work in. Let's see what he can do with this.
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Do you like board games? Then you'll love Phenomenerds, a channel all about the best board games your money can buy. Do you not like board games? Then you'll love Phenomenerds, a channel all about why you're f- wrong! If the only game you've played is Monopoly, a bad game, with your family, a bad family, we're here to show you all the good times you and your friends are missing out on. We'll teach you the different types of board games out there, great ones to start your collection, how to host gaming nights, how to teach your friends rules, we'll have deep dives into classic games, crazy stories from board gaming history, drunk board gaming, and so much more. At Phenomenerds, we consider it our sacred duty to get you into the greatest hobby in the world, no matter what level you currently are. So subscribe to Phenomenerds now and get on board. Right, let's dive into the Patreon mailbag. If you want to submit a question to the mailbag, all you've got to do is become one of our awesome pledge hammers on a Patreon at any dollar amount. Leave a comment in the community tab. Do not email me. I will just lose it. Thank you uh, to, I think it was Matt that tweeted me in the week to be like, oh, sorry, that was me that emailed you because I always get it the wrong way around. Am I supposed to email you because you'll lose it if it's on Patreon? No, no, no. If you email me, 
I will lose it. I'm bad at my job. Leave it on Patreon. We have got a ton of mailbag questions to get into. So let's dive right in. Robert Ray says, a few weeks ago, I asked if uh, you could ever see WWE doing a big four pay-per-view in the UK. I know this is very unlikely if the UK ever allows fans back into sporting events before America does. Um, but do you think Vince and WWE hierarchs would consider doing a WrestleMania or a pay-per-view in the UK if they knew 100% they could have fans attended and sell out. All I read is Vince wanting to bring fans back in as soon as possible. I I just feel like I see it. Ha if it's going to happen anywhere, I, I see it happening in Florida more than any place else. Yeah. Um, but if it was like a 100% sure thing, I don't know. That's such a difficult question because you have to think about, okay, if it's 100% allowed there, but over here it's still not and we're still in a bad situation then it just doesn't seem like a good idea even if it is yeah. allowed someplace else yeah i i think it would have to be a case of that vince was never like they they told him categorically you will not be allowed to have fans in for wrestlemania but if you did it over in the uk you could get a hundred percent then maybe but that would be the only way i could see it is if he was told categorically no but like as you say like i think in florida we're likely going to have fans at wrestlemania next year just you know whether it's 100 percent capacity i don't know i kind of hope it's not because we are still very much in the in a pandemic that is not slowing down um but yeah i i still think it's likely going to be in america first before it's in the uk yeah i just oh i don't know i just really I see this is hard because like part of me is like, I just want things to get better. But then the other part of me is like, Denise, nothing's happening. Everything's the same. Why do you have hope? So I'm <laughs> torn here. I'm really torn. Uh, Callum says, after the CM Punk question in the mailbag, it went through my mind on how I would book him returning to the ring when fans came back and the two scenarios that came to mind were him showing up number 30 in the Rumble or him answering the open challenge for Cody on Dynamite. My question is, which would you prefer? I would prefer out of those options, the Royal Rumble being the 30th entrance, because that would just be completely shocking and pretty darn exciting, especially because when fans are watching the Royal Rumble, they're waiting for that surprise. They're waiting for yeah, that yeah. big shocking moment. And definitely Punk would be one of them. Yeah, I would say as a moment, the Rumble 100%. Like absolutely as a singular moment, the Rumble. Long term, I'd rather see him in AEW. But uh, that's just that that's just me personally. Well, I mean, they could definitely see they could use them wherever. I think either way, we'd be surprised. Uh, Jonathan Hedman says, hi, Team Danuk. Hope you're doing well. A non-wrestling related question for you. Luke, what's your favorite episode of Red Dwarf and why? For me, I really like Backwards, but I also have a soft spot for White Hole, which reminds me, would you like some toast? Denise, what's your favorite episode of your favorite show and why? Keep on, on giving us the great Danukes news stories very nice thank you very much jonathan uh great question this is what i like to see in the mailbag favorite episode of red dwarf funny enough jonathan so I, I i saw this like in the week and i was doing recording my other podcast uh on thursday night and i said to my co-host like we were just like he just mentioned red dwarf and i was like oh we'll cut this bit out of the podcast but I've got this question about your favorite uh, episode of Red Dwarf. And we ended up having a little sort of like 20 minute discussion about our favorite Red Dwarf episodes. So I'm, I'm pretty loaded for this one. Uh, I also wrote an article about it for a website once, my 11 smegging favorite episodes of Red Dwarf. So I, I mean, backwards, 
absolutely great shout. Whitehall is also a really good shout. Gunman of the Apocalypse feels like a pretty obvious answer because it did win so many awards and it feels so non-Red Dwarf-like. But I think for an episode that really surprised me, I remember at the time, and you know, and I'm going back, it's back to reality when they find out that the Red Dwarf has actually just been a game simulation they've been playing all this time. And they've been playing, you know, you've been playing the Pratt version of Rimmer this entire time. So I'm, back to reality is one that really springs to mind for me. You make Red Dwarf sound so great, and I don't know what it is. <laughs> but it sounds, it sounds like I should be a fan. It sounds, is it a sci-fi show? It is. It's, it was a sci-fi sitcom uh, from okay. like the late 80s into the 90s. It's basically about uh, a guy, it's a mining ship called Red Dwarf that's been sort of going out into space. And one of the characters, Lister, gets put into stasis. And while he's in stasis, there is a leak that kills every single person on board. And then he is woken up from that stasis like three million years later. So he is now the, he's the only person, he's the last human being alive. And so his only companions are his old bunkmate, who is a hologram, who he hates, and his pet cat, who has, um, through the through the process of evolution, has become a human. So like the, this the descendant of the cat that he had. So it is his hologram friend that he hates, this cat that is now a human, and a robot called Crichton that they pick up in series uh, three. This show sounds really depressing. I would oh, not no, be in it. <laughs> no, dude, it's, oh yeah, you wouldn't want to be in this situation, but it's so funny because then it's basically just about like, you know, it's them trying to get back home and just trying to find, you know, and they just go on wacky adventures. So like backwards, they go to a planet where everything is, is normal life, but they go in reverse. So, you know, the, the, the classic line is Santa Claus, what a bastard. He steals all your presents and escapes up the chimney. That is that is interesting. I wasn't expecting that out of a sci-fi show whatsoever. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. What's your favorite episode of your favorite show? Um. Okay. So I'm thinking. All right. So one of the episodes that I always that I always makes me laugh is on Friends, and I don't remember the name of it, but it's the one where Ross goes to the tanning booth and he gets, <laughs> he gets really dark on one side and then he doesn't get dark on the other side um i love that episode because i just love the way ross freaks out and that's my favorite friends episode so when like you asked me this question that's the first one that came to mind but in terms of other episodes that i just love and could rewatch over and over again no matter how many times i've seen them it's pretty much any i love lucy episode i will watch those like a hundred times <laughs> You didn't Mississippi? Oh, that's a great episode of Friends. Um, Juan says, hola, greetings from Dominican Republic. Just became a pledge hammer. Love your content. Really enjoy when you have to say names in Spanish. Oh, Juan. Like, Ali the other day had to say, and I can never say L.I.J.'s name. And I don't. Uh, and he said it wrong again. And like all of the comments are like, dude, come on. This is how you say it. And I was like, I just said, I was like, dude, just say L.I.J. Because we can never get it right. That's so funny. Well, have you ever seen anybody? You can always ask me. <laughs> yeah, but dude, you'll tell us like you you tell us me things all the time, and I still get it wrong because I just forget. Like my brain doesn't work that way. Laurie just used to say Los Ingos de Bananas because and just no. like, out, out, outwardly say I don't know how to say this. So it's Los Ingo Bornables. <laughs> now you're messing me up. Los Ingo Bornables. <laughs> I had to pause. Oh, wait, hold on. I'm not saying it right. Take it anyway. one step at a time. <laughs> 
Uh, Juan says, I understand it could be quite difficult for you. Question is, can you name an exciting wrestling moment that made you cry? The most recent for me would be when Edge returned at the Rumble. I went full tears. I wanted to scream out of emotion, but couldn't because my parents were in bed already. Um, okay, so, I mean, I, I've mentioned this before, but it, Bailey Banks of Brooklyn... Uh, Bailey winning the title makes me cry every single time I've seen it. And I've seen that match a number of times. Uh, you know, we were just putting, we were just saying that Izzy has turned heel, but I was full Izzy in that match. I was like, you know, this balding, <laughs> balding 30 year old Izzy watching that. You just needed the little ponytail. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've got like the tiny amount of hair that I had left at that point. Uh, and yeah, makes me cry every time. See, I wish I was like that. I wish I was that kind of person, but I don't cry tears of happiness. Oh, really? Like, when I'm happy, I don't cry. What do you it do during Pixar really movies? What? What do you do during Pixar movies? I got so many like happy crying moments in those. No, I can't happy cry. I sad cry. Like okay. if something's sad, I will definitely cry. But if it's a happy thing, I'll just be like, oh, that's nice. And that's it. I'll move on. <laughs> but I'll never cry. Like, I, I can't. Sad. And so many people say, like, oh, I cry, crying happy tears. And I'm like, what are happy tears? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Nick Corvillo says, hey, team Danuk, uh, let's talk about Mandela effect, shall we? Are you aware of the Mandela effect? Yes. Okay, cool. Uh, so Chris Jericho's first stint is when he was feuded with Ken Shamrock briefly. I remember at the end of the feud, Jericho attacks Ken Shamrock during a promo in the ring on an episode of Raw, wearing full hockey gear, jersey, and pads. The final move in the attack was Jericho putting Shamrock on a table in the ring and doing a top rope splash, putting him through said table. I remember being sold as Shamrock suffering internal injuries due to the hockey gear and the table, Shamrock being rushed to an ambulance. I waited for word on Shamrock the following week and none came. I was extremely confused at the time and even more more so when it found out a couple of months later, Shamrock was no longer with the company for real, and I wondered why there was no payoff. Thought uh, Throughout the years, my brother and I have talked about this moment, but anytime I talk to anyone who was a fan around that time, no one remembers that feud or moment. So I have to ask you, is it something you remember seeing or hearing, or is this a Mandela effect to me? So what other wrestling Mandela effects, aka things you remember vividly that others don't remember, have you experienced yourselves? Oh, I don't know about the second half of that question. Uh, okay. Have you ever had any wrestling Mandela effects? So for the first part of his question, it's funny because everybody always just remembers, you know, everything with The Rock and Jericho, like that being like his first thing. So I think a lot of people do forget the whole Shamrock thing. Um, but, oh, do I ever have a Mandela effect? Like something that I remember? No, you want to know why? Because I have a terrible memory. So if I remember something, it's something that everybody remembers too. <laughs> like I don't, I don't remember that one special nuance that only like five people remember. But I'm sure like if something were to come up, then I will be like, oh, okay, yeah. Like, you know, depending yeah. on the conversation or whatever. Yeah, I, I don't think I've ever had any personal uh, Mandela effects in wrestling. Uh, I, I wish I could, though. I really wish I could give that answer. Although, I mean, really, the, the best way to, to find out, Nick, is just go on the network and just, you know, yeah. search for Ken Shamrock and basically find his last raw appearance. Like, that'll be the best way to, to help you remember. Uh, Marcus, Sol Campbell, what are your predictions for Bound for Glory? Do you guys think we'll see any surprises? I think uh, Brian Myers uh, uh, said that we're likely going to see more uh, WWE or ex-WWE debuts uh, at Impact this coming Saturday. Day, but what are your predictions for the show so i 
we're definitely gonna, I think we're definitely going to see surprises in the call your shot gauntlet because they usually do have those for that. So I think we'll see them there. And then in terms of my predictions, I mean, I'm really looking forward to Eric Young, Rich Swan. I do think Eric Young will retain. Uh, I'm interested, actually, the match that I'm most interested in because I'm kind of torn on who I think is going to win. It's the six-way scramble match. I don't really know which direction they're going to go. My pick is TJP, but part of me also thinks that they might just keep the bat on Rohit or they might just completely try something new and go with Jordan Grace. So I'm kind of a little bit torn on that one. I think they're going to go with Grace. Um, you think no, they're going to just do it? I re- yeah, I think they're just going to do it. Just put the belt on Grace. Like, I think it got such... When they did sort of the fake title change and everyone thought that she had won the belt, like, you know, sort of Twitter blew up from it. And I think if you are trying to get people to get some eyes on that product, there's a, what better way to do that than to put the belt on Jordan Grace and to be like, hey, look at this. Look at what we've done here. And she's so good. Like, she is an incredible talent. I think that would be a really smart move on their part to, to put the belt on her. I also... Uh, I, I think that the machine guns are going to retain in the four-way uh title match but part of me does think yeah part of me thinks they may put the belt on good brothers but you know they are quizlemania tag champs so you know what other you know why not put other tag belts on them so i I, as much as i'd like to see them win the belts i think that the machine guns are going to retain there I just think that the only reason why I'm not going, I'm not picking the Good Brothers, is because I think that they don't need it. They have so much going on right now; like they're literally working on a million things. And like you said, they are Quizlemania champions. But I do think that it would make more sense to keep it on the Motor City Machine Guns. Plus, they still can do so much more with them as champions. And like I said, I don't think the Good Brothers need it right now. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Uh, Philip Dumas, been a subscriber since 2017. On and off again, Pledgehammer. Love you guys. Two things. Uh, one, clever nickname uh, on my shout out. Could it possibly be changed? Yes, it can. Uh, support at WrestleTalk.com. Uh, and I'll flag that up to Peter. Uh, two, I remember you and Ollie did a fantasy booking warfare on how you would book Roman Reigns. Ollie got it pretty close if you go back and watch it. Thanks again for all the content. Love you guys. I God, I do not remember doing that. Like we used to do these fantasy booking warfare videos um, where we would just like pick a storyline and then we would just pitch like what we would do for it. I don't remember half of the ones that we did. We, I, I'm pretty sure we did loads of them and I don't remember a single one of them that I did with the exception of Alistair Black is the new leader of the Ministry of Darkness. That was pretty much the only one that I remember. Um, so you fantasy booked, who knows what, and you have no idea. What if you got like several on them like right on point and you're not claiming the idea i know right people tell me did i get any of them right did i do really well uh rlt sandwich uh what is a wrestling moment that gave you goosebumps or a moment that still gives you goosebumps to this day i was scrolling through instagram saw the moment when drew mcintyre eliminated brock from the royal rumble and the crowd lost their s words I think mine is super predictable and it's the Undertaker Brock Lesnar just because I yeah. that was honestly like one of the most shocking moments in wrestling that I can, you know, especially recently recall. So I feel like that one I'm still like, oh man, like I, like I still remember how I felt during that moment. I still remember who was in the room with me. I still remember, you know, the people that I was watching with, what their reactions were. And so given that I remember all of that, like I would say that's a moment where I still, like every time I see it, I sort of have to like replay how I felt about it. Uh, I'd say 
certainly promo package wise the promo the intro video for rumble 2000 between cactus jack and triple h where uh that gives me goosebumps and because like the attitude era podcast you know they've done you know the reviews of all the attitude era pay-per-views and they play the promo packages and just listening to those promo packages i can feel the hair standing up on end and getting those goosebumps um yeah so i but anything around that cactus jack triple h feud really like it, it makes the, the hair, hairs on my arm stand on end even the ones that i've got less on top uh <laughs> alex kirkman says i've just finished listening to your review of halloween havoc 1995 i've said it once i said it a thousand times the rest talk extra content is the best content you do by country mile thank you very much alex however i do have a slight gripe with comments you made and wondered if you agree mr davis said that when hogan raked the eyes of his opponents it was a heel move i completely agree as a 39 year old man i used to watch hogan as a kid and thought he was awesome but when he resorted to heelish tactics it was always against big strong opponents and it was his back against the wall andre zeus earthquake the giant etc i always thought i think he might have done i completely disagree i always thought it came across as the hulkster simply doing something to survive just like any baby face would do when all else failed hulkster could scratch claw and grind out a victory for every little hulkamaniac i obviously think a bit different now but i loved hogan as a kid and it always popped me when he would do things to get out of difficult situations can you see where i'm coming from hope you can stay safe can't wait for next month's episode stay safe yeah I, I, I yeah i totally get that um to be honest like hogan matches now when it, whenever i watch them like you, there's you know various different things that i do like about hogan matches other than sort of personal reasons i think they're boring um and yeah like oh, i mean ollie's man. a good with... oh come on dude like, i don't what? believe it i was a hulkamaniac when I... he got inducted to the hall of fame i was there I still remember that moment. Yes, because it was for uh, WrestleMania 21 weekend in LA. And we did the Hall of Fame for that. And I remember wearing my red and yellow Hulkamaniac shirt. And I remember I collapsed so much that day, that night, that my hands were hurting. They were red. <laughs> my hands were so red. And I always have like that memory of clapping so hard when Hulk Hogan got inducted into the Hall of Fame. I was the Hulkamaniac. Uh, I don't mean to disparage uh, your hero there, uh, but I do think a lot of his matches were really boring, um, particularly that match against uh, the Giants at Halloween Havoc 95. Mark Flay says, uh, hey guys, I've got a question regarding something I noticed in the NXT reviews. I understand why you guys have cancelled them if you don't have time to make them uh, and would prefer to do other projects. I noticed watching the NXT reviews, anytime Lauren Adam criticised even a small part of the show, the comments were full of people calling them AEW fanboys and accusing them are being biased against wwe my question is do you think fans like those ones aew have them as well because every time a criticism brought about aew fans always go up again as well um do you think that they um where's the question uh, do you think toxic fans ever put you off criticizing segments i think toxic fans can sort of put you off in terms of like See, I know a lot of people that are like, oh, like I like they'll say like, oh, I don't like AEW fans because they're just like they think everything that AEW does is perfect and that everything WWE does is wrong. And I get that and I see it. And but I can't necessarily say that I agree with that because not everybody is like that. But there are those very toxic people that can sort of give people a bad reputation. And it's also the same thing with WWE. You know, you have people that are like, oh, they could do nothing wrong or whatever it is. And so you get it from both sides. 
I just think that at this point, it's like, all right, let's get over, like, let's get over it. Like, let's get over it already. Let's just continue on. And we spoke about this last week too, where we really talked about toxic fandoms and how it's just, you know, kind of dumb, especially when certain things are being brought up. But I, I don't know if it puts me off from certain segments. I do think that sometimes things people, I do think that sometimes people overpraise certain things just because it's done in a certain promotion and attack certain things because it's done in another promotion. And I'm not a fan of that. Yeah, I, I totally get that. Like it's, I mean, we see it every week when we do the the live raw show and the live aew show the the live chat we speak to our moderators about this a lot the the live chat for raw is usually everyone being like this raw's mostly bad like we're, we're not enjoying this show at the moment and you have aew fans coming in there to be like raw sucks aew is the best which is you know it's, it's just sort of like a, 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 a you don't need to be sort of leaving those sorts of comments it's just you know talk about the show that we're watching here um but when it comes to the aew live stream there are there's this sort of army of wwe diehards that invade the aew stream that just go in there to rile up aew fans and sort of like rile up the chat to be like aew sucks this sucks this sucks this sucks wwe is the best they can't draw ratings this and the other uh you see it in replies to, to alvarez's weekly tweet about here are what the ratings are here are some facts i think the toxic fandom really uh, yeah like the, the the question um from mark says the the, the the toxic fandom can make me question about criticizing certain things. A great example of this, as you said, last week's episode, we talked about, you know, is AEW in danger of becoming WWE? It was just a question that we thought would be a very interesting topic to discuss. And we had a really, really good discussion around it. And reading the comments have been very interesting as well. But that video is the most disliked video that we have put up on, on WrestleTalk's channel. In is it really? It is, yeah. It has like a 15% thumbs down ratio, which is huge. Like our average is about three to like two to three percent, but like it's like 15%. And that is people just seeing the title, seeing the thumbnail and instantly giving a thumbs down to the video without actually watching the context of it. Ollie and I like had to have this discussion being like, yeah, we can't do anything like that. Like for a while, like, you know, last year we had a lot of people having a go at us for, for clickbait. So we was like, we can't go this again. We can't do anything that that's kind of like, you know, that, that, that could be getting people that could get these sort of reactions out of people. What I wanted to do this week, I wanted to talk about the, um, the Alex Silver injury. Like I wanted to be able to do a video on that and kind of discuss this because it's what everyone's talking about, but I kind of got gun shy on it because YouTube algorithms dictate that we can't have too many thumbs down. So I was like, well, do you know what? We'll play it safe. And we'll just talk about the Matt Hardy deletion match instead. See, and that makes me so mad, okay? Because as people that are on-air personalities, we're coming out here to discuss something, then obviously just because a title, you know, we're not saying AEW is turning into WWE. That's not what the title was. It was a question that was posed. And so the fact that it got so many dislikes, it's kind of like, take a second and actually hear what people are saying because not everything is black or white or hot or cold. Things are in the middle. And it takes a lot of the fun. If you're a person that it's like, oh, I'm anti WWE or I'm anti WWE, I mean, sorry, AEW. So I can't enjoy this other thing. That's just a waste of time and a waste of energy. Like I will nitpick AEW and NXT like equally. And I do get that because on, I remember this one time on Twitter, I just tweeted like, oh, NXT is on or blah, blah, blah. Some basic tweet about NXT being on and somebody put like, who cares? I'm watching AEW. And it was like, all right, great, whatever. Or just like, like little things like that. Or I get people like on Instagram that will be like, 
something totally unrelated and they'll be like, are you an AEW fan or is this person an AEW fan? I'm like, why are you asking that on this photo? It has nothing to do with this. And so I do think that sometimes people can get a little, you know, I think the reason is that sometimes people are such a big fan of something that they don't like other people attacking it. So they feel they have to be defensive. And so maybe that turns people that way. And I think it's the same thing for WWE fans. It's like, okay, I've been a fan of this company this whole long. And now all these new kids are coming along and basically trashing this company. Well, I'm going to get defensive and now I'm going to fight back. And now even if you draw criticisms of whatever company it is, all of a sudden you're like, oh, well, you're on the AEW payroll. Oh, well, you're on, you're a WWE shill. So it's yeah. like you can't say or do anything because everything you do is judged, which is kind of silly. But I do feel it's like that in everything. Like if right now you and I were to post some silly poll online, who do you like more, Luke or Denise? It's like, oh, if you're not, if you're not team Denise, oh, well, screw you because I'm team Luke. And it's so silly that people get into these arguments about stuff like that because you can like two things, you know, you can like one more and it's fine, whatever. Yeah, but do you know what I mean? But I, I kind of totally get it from a similar standpoint because I was once that person. Like, uh, yeah, I go back to so the forum post that I was doing in the mid to late 2000s on the Smart Marks. I was diehard TNA. Like, I was a diehard TNA guy. And I hated it when people criticized the company, even though watching the product, I knew that it, parts of it were really bad. Like, when Russo came in and he was doing his schlocky garbage... I knew that the product was bad. Like I knew that what they were doing wasn't very good, but I was like, so I I didn't want to admit that it was bad because I had picked TNA to be the side that I had chosen. Like that was the team that I had picked and I wanted to defend them at every cost. I look back at it now and being like, dude, just like, just say that it was bad. Like, cause it was bad and it's fine that it was bad. And it was fine that you still like the product, but it was, yeah. So I, I, I get it from a certain standpoint, but yeah, like it's, I think the toxic fandom is, I, I put up a, a post, this was a couple of months ago now, just because AEW did a great show, and I was like, man, Dynamite was a great show last night. Someone got so mad at me on Twitter that I didn't say that NXT was a good show as well. Like, it just, it, it felt like a really weird thing. I think, actually, I'd even said, like, Keith Lee won the title. That's amazing. And AEW did a great show. And someone was like, yeah, but the rest of NXT was also good. And I was like, all right, hey, it's, it's fine. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so three things. One of them, there's been times where... Okay, hold on, hold on. Okay, so when you said TNA that you were a TNA fan, all right, so... I was a point where, you know, I was, I grew up watching WWE and I remember people like being like, oh, TNA this, TNA sucks, TNA's this, right? Like TNA just wants to be WWE. And I remember thinking like, oh, I'm never going to give TNA a chance. And <laughs> I was that person, right? And then I like, I met my fiance who was a big TNA fan like you. And he was like, Denise, you need to check this. You need to check out, you need to check out TNA, blah, blah, blah. And I was kind of like, I don't really want to, but he convinced me to. And then I was like, wow, I've been- <laughs> looking out on all of this and that's what happens when you close yourself off you don't realize what you're missing out on like it's okay to enjoy something and then uh the next thing that i wanted to say is that last week's episode of our show that's our most unliked episode was actually my favorite episode (laughs) that you and i have ever done after like the next yeah the next day i told my fiance i was like oh i really loved last uh, last night's show make sure to check it out blah 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 and then I had a third point, but I forgot. <laughs> oh, yeah. When I do my AEW NXT review, when sometimes when I'm like, I do AEW first and then NXT, I'll have people that are like, oh, she's going to talk about NXT now. I'm out. 
And I'm like, what? Give me a chance here. <laughs> we used to get that with, um, so back in the day when me and Ollie first started doing the podcast, we used to do Raw and SmackDown on the same show. And there were people who got really hot that we'd review Raw first um rather than smackdown because smackdown was the better show people are like why aren't you talking about smackdown smackdown's the better show talk about that one first so like there's even toxic fandom within wwe fans themselves about which is the better brand oh my god see you can't please everybody you just can't i'm so sad that our show got disliked that hurts my feelings i'm i'm hurt <laughs> Uh, Flaming Live says this one is kind of for you, Denise. But you can answer it if you like. Uh, what is the most surprising Twitter block you've ever received? Mine is from 2015. Taylor Swift blocked me. I said that if she got married, her career was over because most of her songs were about breaking up with boyfriends. She saw that and blocked me for it. Well, first of all, I'm sorry to say this, but if you got blocked, you kind of deserved it. <laughs> in a really nice way you deserved it um <laughs> and i've never met anybody who's ever been blocked by taylor so that's pretty interesting to hear but i actually have this really sad story so a couple months ago i did a giveaway i was doing a giveaway on uh, twitter and i was giving away taylor swift's cardigans and i selected a random winner. I emailed her and I said, Hey, look, like you won, but just heads up, just know that, uh, I think it was size small was out. And I told her like, let me know what size you want. Uh, they had the website says they have medium and large left, whatever. And then she wrote back to me like, Oh, I'm sorry. Pick somebody else. Like I can't take it because I only want to be a size small. And I was like, Oh, okay then. So I was going to write back to her saying, are you sure I go on? And the girl blocked me. <sighs> Keep in mind, I was going to give her a gift out of my what? own pocket, my own money, and she blocked me. So I ended up picking through other people, and they didn't block me, so I was very happy. <laughs> but I got blocked because I was trying to give somebody a gift. That's my most oh. shocking block. And I've been trying to get blocked by Kim Kardashian, but it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> and I've been trying to get blocked by Kanye, but it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> I'm going to wear those with pride if I ever do. Um, I think my surprise, the most surprising Twitter block was Baron Corbin blocked me, um, mostly because I didn't even know he had a Twitter, and um, but he blocked me anyway. Uh, and the only reason I found out is because people kept tagging me in posts that he'd made, and yeah, I was like, I, I was like, I'm not seeing anything. Like I'm not, I'm not seeing any posts whatsoever. And then like I, someone there was a news article that said like Baron Corbin posted this. I was like, okay, I'll go to Baron Corbin's Twitter and I'll find out what it is. Oh, I'm blocked. I I can't now find out what this. I can't find out what the tweet is. That is so mean. Does it hurt your feelings? Like if you get blocked by someone? Well, no, it hurt my feelings. Because I, I, I didn't know what I did. Or, you know, I didn't even know he was there. Um, the one that kind of did hurt my feelings a little bit, though, is when I first started with WrestleTalk, I was just, it was in the lead up to my wedding and my wife's half Welsh. So I wanted to do a bit of my uh, wedding speech in Welsh to her Welsh family. Um, you know, uh, I thought it'd be a fun thing. Just a couple of sentences. I'm very bad at doing languages, as we talked about on this podcast before. And uh, I, I was really struggling and I couldn't do it. But this this girl had reached out to me to, to help me. And so she was kind of like doing some coaching. We were like DMing back and forth and this that and the other. And it was really, really helpful. And then a couple of months later, I just went back to, you know, to thank her for her help and just say, oh, actually, no, I didn't get around to doing it in the end because I kind of bottled it. And she blocked me. And I have absolutely no idea why. <laughs> that is so mean. What's wrong with people? What's wrong with people? I don't know. I must, have, I must have said something on Twitter or on a podcast that made her block me on Twitter, but I have no idea what I did. 
She can mute you, unfriend you, but why block you? That is just savage. Savage. But I haven't been blocked by a famous person that I know of. Okay. I just hope it's not someone that I like, so that would be really sad. I might cry. Uh, also from Flaming, uh, Dolph Ziggler is the most underrated wrestler in WWE. He sells better than anyone. His promo skills are on point. He doesn't have a problem putting anyone over. He's got the athletic skill to match up uh, with anyone cruiserweight to super heavyweight. He's got a build that Vince likes. So why does he not get the respect he's earned and have a nice long run with any title? I would imagine is because Vince has pegged him from day one as you are a mid-card guy. You are not one of my top stars. He was typecast and he never stepped out of his comfort zone. That's the unfortunate truth. Or speculation. Al- <laughs> <laughs> Not <Al> speculation. <laughs> That's going to get you blocked on Twitter. Uh, exactly. Is Lashley the worst husband ever? How many times does Lana have to go through a table before he shows some concern? Wait, they never had a divorce? Anyway. I thought they did get a divorce. I mean, they didn't do it on TV, but I'm pretty sure like Lashley came out and said in a promo, we're divorced now, by the way. I don't remember that. And I watch Raw every single, I review Raw every single week and I don't remember. I remember like MVP starting drama between them and him basically saying like, stop coming out of the, stop coming out, you know, on, you know, to ringside with Lashley. But that was it. I don't remember there being an actual divorce. They certainly didn't do a segment about it, but I'm pretty sure Lashley said in a promo at some point, we're getting a divorce. And I think that was just it. And then they just, and then they just dropped it. So yeah, that's why he's showing no concerns for her. Um, Even as an ex-husband, come on, you shouldn't honor the time and memories that you had with your wonderful wife. Why not come out and rescue her? Denise, he's got business to attend to. Hurt business to attend to. <laughs> uh, Reese uh, says, it's hell in the cell time. Looking back at the last two, an unfortunate tradition that has started with the once fabled match. The last hell in the cell match on the show will end by a ref stoppage or by DQ. Um, do you think uh, Orton versus Drew will be the ones who get um, uh, end that, that way this time? Or will it be Banks and Bailey or something less logical? I said this in the prediction show. I think that Orton Drew is going to end in some sort of of DQ or ref stoppage when the fiend interferes. You think? Yeah, I think the fiend's going to come out the mat or something. I hadn't put much thought into this because I do think that Drew is going to win, and I think Bailey would win against Sasha. But I don't know in terms of this actual question. So I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, T. Uh, Chris says, "Hi, Team Danuk. Hope you're both well. If there were actual crowds in WWE right now instead of the Thunderdome, do you think creative would still confuse things with storylines with the shoddy writing going on right now? This has got to be the worst Raw has been in a hell of a long time. I think Raw has been worse than this. Like I, I go back to the when Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns were just feuding forever uh, over the Universal title. It just felt like it was the same episode of Raw every single week. I think that was probably worse than what we're currently getting at the moment. I also think creative would be exactly the same now as it was then. We just wouldn't have retribution because that was, you know, a, a panic move to try and battle rating fallings. Or what about when your Twitter BFF Baron Corbin was the star focal point of Monday Night oh, Raw for like every single hour? That was bad too. That's- probably when he blocked me to be honest because that was me and ollie every single raw going like good lord this show is terrible maybe that's when he blocked you um oh god i forgot the question uh so if there were fans do you think creative would still be bad oh okay 
I think that it wouldn't be as bad it is, as it is right now because I do really feel like they are sort of saving whatever I, big ideas they might have. It kind of feels like, all right, we're going to put you some temporary stuff, but this isn't like our main, main thing. It kind of felt like that for a while. And I think now that they're starting to see that this isn't ending as soon as maybe they expected it to end. And now that they're like, okay, well, we're going to be in this situation a lot longer. I feel like we're starting to see some of those ideas that maybe they might have had uh prior implemented now onto raw but i don't necessarily think that yeah i think with the people it would have helped definitely Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, andrew donnelly i'm watching some old attitude era footage and i forgot how many signs fans had uh do you miss signs in crowds you remember any particular favorite signs mine will always be one uh the one at one night stand if cena wins we riot draped over the balcony yeah i I always thought i always kind of felt bad for the people behind those that have signs though to be like hey i can't see the ring now because there are so many signs here but yeah you watch those old intros to raw and there's just signs everywhere like it was crazy did you do signs? Uh, I I mean, what, the, the couple of episodes of Raw I have been to, most of them I've been there in a work capacity. So like I haven't taken signs to those because I'm supposed to be a professional while I'm there. Um, and uh, I, I have done to like some of the indie shows though, because I, there was an indie show I went to where they were handing out like placards to people to make their own signs. So like I did that one um, for an indie wrestler called Jake McCluskey. Um, so I think that's... Yeah, that's probably the only time I've ever had a sign at a show, though. Have you, I mean, have you taken signs to shows? I would take signs to shows all the time, but I would do like collages. So I wouldn't <laughs> write like a saying. I would pick a wrestler and I did two. And, and I think I got bored afterwards and I stopped taking signs because they were too much work. But I did a Triple H one and a Lita one. So I just put like a bunch of pictures in this big like white paperboard and that's what I took. But I didn't, I think after a while, I kind of just kind of got annoyed of having to do this and I stopped <laughs> doing it. But I remember the night before it was like the best thing to do was like organize my collage and take it to the show. I am um, before we got married my wife uh texted me she was back at her house um I've got, I've got a lot of like pre-marriage stories for today on this on today's show um but like, they were like clearing some stuff out like my wife was standing next to her was sorting some stuff out for like for her side with their dress and everything and she found a sign that she had made to when she went to go see Blue in concert as a uh, as a teenager it was a boy band here in the UK and it was a sign that for like to put in the back of the car while they were driving to the gig that says honk if you love blue oh my god that is so cute honk if you love blue <laughs> can you imagine how many people honked just because they were thinking <laughs> of the color blue <laughs> Oh my god, it makes me laugh. I've got a picture of it and everything. It's so every time I scroll through my phone and I see it, it makes me laugh every single time. There's pictures of blue on it and everything. Oh god, it's good. That's cute. Um my favorite sign I've ever seen at a wrestling show one is I can't remember which WrestleMania it is, but there's a moment when the camera is just panning past a group like past the crowd, and someone has a sign that just says monkey tennis, which is a Alan Partridge reference. Is like he's in a meeting with this BBC executive and he's just pitching ideas and he just runs out of ideas and he just goes monkey tennis and someone took a sign that said monkey tennis right on it and it makes me laugh every time i see it that's so random that some random stranger would also think the same thing and put it in a sign <laughs> uh jj says hello team danuk denise it was great meeting you i was super nervous uh my question is how do you handle the nerves when interviewing big names like stephanie mcmahon have a nice day jam that jam oh man um 
it's more of like I'm so excited that I kind of get the nerves out of the way. Like I'm always really nervous before covering an event. But once I get started, like once I get the first interview out of the way, I'm good. I'm like, okay, the only time I'm ever nervous doing an interview is if I don't remember all of my questions inside of my head, because I remember all of my questions, or at least the topics of what I want to discuss with somebody. And if I don't really remember them, that's the only times that I kind of get a little nervous, or I'm like, oh, snap, like, I was gonna ask this person something, but what the hell was it? Um, but usually for those events, I'm pr- I pretty, I pretty much have them down. And there's nothing better than like doing a good job after these events. And like the feeling that you get afterwards it's like ooh, like, I, I don't know it's really fun really fun yeah uh Zadamania says i've got a question for luke specifically i made the foolish decision to proclaim that if any of the matches taking place inside hell in a cell this sunday end in no contest i'm gonna shave my head what should i be prepared for with no hair on top of my head you've seen me sort of met me once you've seen i've got a full head of it i'm very scared you've got to accept it man you've got to embrace the baldness it's great looks great on everyone great on everyone you're definitely rocking it you're definitely rocking it oh my god you know what if you're gonna willingly shave your head kudos man kudos yeah i i kept my comb over for longer than it really should have done like longer than it probably needed to um and the day every guy does though right it's hard to let go well, my barber told me, like, you've probably got about a year left of this. So I was like, do you know what? I'm just going to enjoy this year. People like, I mean, I got the, I got so many mean Your comments. Your barber is savage. Why would oh, he tell you that? But I mean, because I asked him, I was like, I was like, you know, how long do you think I can keep this up for? But I used to get so many mean comments on YouTube videos being like, dude, your hair is a mess. Like, and people used to really rag on the fact that I was going bald. Um, so going like just shaving my head was like the best thing I could have done. But the, the day I decided to do it is when I went to go and get my hair cut and the, the lady was cutting my hair. I, I told her what I wanted and she just sort of took a step back, looked at me in the mirror and was like, you do realize this isn't working, right? And that was... And- <laughs> Wow, that's really mean. And that was it. And that was I was like, yeah, I think I need I think it's time for it to go. I think I need to just shave my head. I need to just take the plunge and do it. These barbers down where you're from are really, really mean. <laughs> they just tell it how it is. This is what I get for getting my hair cut in central London. Uh Lawrence says, after watching Metribution get their butts handed to them and ask you running away from Basler, I've got to re-ask an old question about the nature burials to us fans it's just a hobby but to mia ali dijakovic and everyone else on the roster this is their life they must realize that the stories they're given aren't working and their characters are being buried my question is do you think wrestlers know that they're being buried does vince or someone in the industry or the authority tell them that the characters will be buried has anyone at rest talk ever heard an old timer talk about the company burying them or other people last one do you see uh, in a way if they just don't care or do you think that they do care and they can't do anything about it uh, and then and, and then they want to leave the company afterwards well i think like ricochet has posted up on twitter before when people said like dude your character is being like very like they're not using the way he's just like i'm just happy to be on tv i'm just happy to get a steady paycheck and i'm being on tv and that's fine for me so i think some for some people it's fine like it is just a job for them i think there's like like you know we've seen from miro and he's been very open about this he hated the way that his character was treated was very happy to to get out of the company and go to AEW where he's got this creative freedom which is apparently to feed over arcade games um so yeah i think for it, it <laughs> was that a shot I it was a little shot bit. there. Yeah, it was a little bit. Um, 
So yeah, I think it's, it very much depends on the people. I will say though, I don't think that Asuka was particularly buried on Raw. I think she made the smart decision. Like she was, she'd escaped the, the beatdown she was going to get. She, and she realized she was in a two-on-one situation and made the right move to get out the ring at that point. I don't think she's been buried. She just hasn't been treated like a proper champion. Exactly. I agree. Yeah, completely. So yeah, so I think it very much depends on the person uh, in that one, Lawrence. Uh, we'll do a couple more of these. Uh, Chris, uh, Big Chris says, hey guys, what's your favorite Halloween costume you've worn over the years? Mine was when I, uh, mine was when I went as Wolfpack Sting as a kid. Have a nice day. Jam that jam. Now this is a big question for you, Denise, because I know I've seen you've got some big, you've done some big Halloween costumes over the years. You saw those? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, non-wrestling related my favorite costume was when i dressed as dressed up as a magician as a kid and then wrestling related i really enjoyed being triple h last year for triple h king of kings that one was really fun and it was a costume that i had been wanting for a long time what about you uh, so I went to a Halloween party um, about 10 or so years ago now uh, in a, uh, a Ghostbusters outfit. I, I did the Ghostbusters jumpsuit, but it was one that I'd made myself. So I had my own name tag on it um, and it completely customized it just for me. So and I, which I've, I've still got hanging up in my cupboard at the moment. That I bust out every now and again. So I think that's kind of my favorite costume because it's the one I put the most effort into. Um, but I've, I've done a, I, I did a, a great invisible man one year, did the full bandage gears and everything. And I made myself try and look as black and white as possible so that I could look like Claude Rains. Um, yeah, I, I, if I'm going to do a Halloween costume, I'm going to go all out. Like I, I really, really like it. And the DIY ones are usually the best ones. Like they, they don't come out perfect, but you know what? You put some effort into them. I did put the uh, long stocking once. It was awful. <laughs> I, I did such a bad job. <laughs> oh, I've got to send you like when we get off this uh, call, I, I've got to show you my so my wife and I are doing a, uh, a Halloween quiz tonight for our friends. And we're getting uh, we're getting in Halloween costumes for it. Uh, I've got mine all set up. It's lined up. I'm going as uh, Chucky from the Child's Play series. But oh, nice. Going, but my wife's going as Pennywise from it. And she did a makeup oh. test last week. And it, it looks rad. I'm going to have to show you when we get off this call because it looks so good. Yeah, send it to me or show it to me. Um, Jericho says, I just joined Patreon. We've watched it for a few months. I wanted to show my support. My question is, why do people in wrestling fandom jump straight to the simplest explanation when comparing promotions? It's got quite a long explanation for this. So let's get into it. Uh, I was watching the latest Rust Talk podcast when you guys were uh, talking about comparing AEW to TNA back in the day in terms of their current champions being from WWE. As I was watching, I became frustrated because those simply don't apply. First off, those ex-WWE guys were wrestlers from yesteryear looking to stay relevant in a time when they had no reason to be there. Second, why do wrestlers have to be defined by their previous promotions? Are they not allowed to evolve and grow? In addition, creative direction um, creative direction guys like John Moxley, FTR, Cody uh, were in entirely directionless and downright garbage. Thirdly, no one had a problem when Jericho uh, was made champion for over a year ago and he was an ex-WWE guy. I think people did have a problem against that. Um, who cares who the champions are in AEW if they were in WWE and what when they're doing some of the best work in wrestling I've seen in years. Yes, AEW isn't perfect and is going to have to do some growing pains um, because they've only been around for a year. If they make Kevin Nash or Ric Flair one of their champions in the next five to ten years, then we could make comparisons between AEW and TNA. Before we make sudden comparisons or comments about something in wrestling, let's take a step back and think about it before we jump straight into the negative. On that note, I blame WWE for making everyone so jaded in wrestling to a point where we all uh, just jump to the negative uh, and possibly wrong conclusions instead of thinking things through. I think we really need to be more positive about wrestling as a whole. 
I don't think WWE has made me jaded. And I <laughs> do think that there are people that I get what he means. Like, let's not judge everybody by what they did with their past companies. I do. I do agree with that. However, for a lot of these moments there, it's sort of a test. Like the fans know, like if we didn't gravitate towards you at this point in time, there's probably a reason why maybe you just weren't ready yet. So yeah, they could be doing something totally different now, but that doesn't mean that maybe they were necessarily the best option because I mean, like I said before, I'm not a big FTR fan. I, I don't really care for them as champions. I would rather see somebody like LAX. I, would, I mean, sorry, uh, Santana and Ortiz. <laughs> I'm still going, but calling them out LAX or like the Lucha Brothers, or I would even want to see, you know, I would even want to see, um, you know, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus maybe do something like that with the belts or, you know, just have somebody new. So I do agree with that in that sense, but I don't know. I don't agree yeah. with all of them. I, I think more the, the comparisons I think we made last week, I, I, I can't remember all the comparisons we made, but I think the, the comparisons that people make between AEW and TNA is less about them just making ex-WWE guys their champions. It was about putting WWE, ex-WWE guys over your homegrown talent. Like when uh, Kurt Angle went over to TNA, I remember people being super upset that he they got put over Samoa Joe straight away because I was like, no, look, Samoa Joe is your homegrown boy, even though he's you know from ROH. He's your guy that you should be, pushing more than the xwe guys same thing when christian came over as well like you know and beating aj styles so i kind of get it from that respect i i just think that it's it's unfair to say that aw are just pushing xwe guys because like you don't look at ww and say like oh they're just pushing x roh guys or they're just pushing xpwg guys like it's wrestlers should not be defined by the company where they were previous to the one that they're going into now no yeah i do agree with that but yeah yeah, I do think that they should also, you know, do a little bit more in terms of like maybe getting some of the faces that we haven't necessarily seen on, on, on that spot, like get some belts, get some opportunities, because, yeah, you know, completely. if people are saying that if people are pointing this out, then there may be something there. There is a little bit of truth to that, but I wouldn't. But like I said, you can't also just base it off of one company. Right. Well, we've got uh, quite a few more that, uh, to get through here, but we haven't got time. We are running out of time. So we're going to do just one more hit from uh, that guy who wants to support says, now that the G1 is behind us, we're going to have the best of the Super Juniors very soon. Do you have any early predictions? Personally, I think the winner is going to be Show. He's improved and grown so much in the last year and a half. Had a fantastic series of matches against Takagi. Uh, and now that Yo is injured, it's time to push Show as a singles wrestler. What do you think? I agree with show for sure, especially since Yo is injured right now. And then I do hope to see Dragon Lee return. I know we haven't seen him since the virus started, but if he does return, I would also like to see Dragon Lee. Uh, yeah, I, I think, and uh, I think certainly with, certainly with Takahashi as well. Uh, and very lastly, actually, because this was quite one that jumped out to me from Brian. He said, my question isn't more of a wrestling question, but a life question. What is something you've learned about yourselves during this lockdown era of life? That's a loaded question. <laughs> um, I learned, dang, I don't know. I learned that I could do a lot more than I expected. Oh, yeah. I mean, you are so busy. 
Yeah, I would say maybe that I wasn't expecting to actually have work during all of this. I was very, very like depressed about this whole situation, like right at the start. I mean, Luke, I was on freaking unemployment because I lost all of my work, everything when this all started. So, I mean, kind of seeing where I was at the beginning and where I am now, it's a big change in a couple of months. So I I don't know if that's necessarily something that I learned for myself, but it is something very uh, different. And then also I've been getting more in touch with like my I guess you can say my feelings because I've been listening to more like different artists. I've been listening to like Lana Del Rey, which I just became obsessed with Lana Del Rey. And Lana Del Rey has taught me that it's okay when you're sad to really, you know, really, really appreciate those feelings for what they are. (laughs) Uh, I mean, probably not quite as deep as yours i do like baking i've learned that uh through lockdown is that no I do like no i gave such a such a deep answer luke you can't leave me here i put my <laughs> heart out to a million strangers watching this show and now everyone knows that i get sad <laughs> and you give me baking that is not a good enough answer <laughs> I did. I like baking, man. That's what I've learned. Me and my wife like to bake together. Um, <laughs> such different answers. I wish I wouldn't have said all that, all everything that I said. I really opened up here. Uh, okay. Uh, right. Well, me and my wife also really like each other. Like that. That's you know something we we very much we we said like during uh, very early doors of lockdown, we looked at each other like God, it's a good job we like each other a lot and we like spending time together because if you don't like this would suck. Like this would suck if you're in a room with something you don't like. But we love hanging out together. We do, and like I I would pick to spend time with her over anyone else on this planet. So being locked down with her was just like a good reminder of just like she is ace and you like spending time with her i'll take that answer i'll take it but also baking (laughs) anyway that's what we've got time for on this edition of the rest of podcast sorry we didn't get through every single person's uh mailbag questions we'll save a few of these and put them into next week's mailbag any big plans for the weekend denise Oh my God, all the wrestling that's happening this weekend. <laughs> that's my plans. Uh, Saturday, Bound for Glory. Going to be doing that. Sunday, Hell in a Cell. I mean, it's literally just nonstop wrestling this whole weekend. Oh man. Yeah, yeah, because you're doing a live reaction. Well, the uh, live post shows, right? For both right, I'll be doing the post shows for both of those. So it should be fun. But I mean, I always do kind of get a little bit stressed because before I used to just watch the shows and tweet about it and then I'd go to sleep, whatever. But now it's like, I got to get my makeup done. I got to make sure I got everything in my notes. I got to make sure I promote the show. Okay. I'm going on live. So it's like, you know, no, no relaxation. You just go and you do the job. But I, I do get happy. Like when I'm on the stream and you know, people are having fun. That's always really nice. I'm uh, for the first time I'm doing a post show with Sean. Um... Oh, that's right. I saw you, you were announced. I see. Yeah, so I'm doing the post show on Fightful with Sean. It's my first time doing a show with him. So what can I expect from Sean on a post show? Like, is there any hints and tips? You can... As someone who has done post shows with him for, you know, the past year, what advice can you give me? Okay, so first of all, I have, I, I have a, be- you know what? I have beef with Sean because <laughs> this is nothing new. So I've been with Fightful for over a year now. I have never been invited for a pay-per-view <gasps> post show ever what? so you beat me luke 
um what should you expect expect some maybe some like really awkward dong jokes <laughs> and expect srs losing his mind over like some technicality that like no one cares about except srs oh yeah i mean i i very much enjoy listening to the the, the post shows with you and sean uh, on a tuesday um it's usually like if I go, I go for a walk and i listen to your guys review um and yeah particularly hearing sean lose his mind over certain things but the one that really struck out to me i mentioned this last week as well it was your sudden realization that we may not have fans for the rumble and you literally have this moment where you're like oh oh no <laughs> it's because i you forget like part of like i think a lot of us think like okay at the end of the year it's a new year ta-da everything's gonna go away and then it's sort of like that realization hits in where you're like wait that's not how things work it's not gonna happen and so i think that's where my brain is still going like hey you know things are gonna end once it hits 2021 but that's not true that's and not that's true. just sad uh, so yeah, so I'm going to be doing the Fightful post show after Hell in a Cell, which I'm very much looking forward to. Uh, it's always fun to hang out with Sean, even though he is a big dick. Uh, but yeah, he's a, he's, a, he's a fun old guy to hang out with. But before that, Denise, I'm going pumpkin picking on Sunday. Are you doing pumpkin carving? Uh, yes, we'll be doing... So my wife and I love Halloween absolutely love 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 halloween we got married around halloween we had uh, pumpkins as our table decorations uh, we had pumpkins all over our wedding last uh, a couple of years ago so we love halloween we love going to go pumpkin picking and we love doing uh, pumpkin carving uh, my wife's quite arty so she does really good ones i'm not quite as good i'm a bit ropey around it but uh yeah love it love pumpkin carving you should do like a wrestling themed pumpkin Oh, you see, I've thought about this before, but I think you need to be pretty artistic to be able to like, I can do eyes and I can do a mouth, like, you know, sort of a jaggedy mouth. But like, My I don't know. wrestlers have eyes and mouths. <laughs> you can do it. Maybe I'll try and do The Fiend or something because, you know, he has got, he, I, I could sort of, you know, because he's kind of got those like, curved eye makeup things. I could maybe do something around that. But I just think like I'm going to do it. And it's not going to look like it. Like, it's not going to look like no one's face. You can do Randy Orton. He has an easy thing. <laughs> he seems like simple enough. Just, just leave the pumpkin as it is and be like, look, it's Randy Orton. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you can definitely <laughs> do that. Well, I'm jealous of you. I've always wanted to carve my own pumpkin and I've <gasps> never done it before. Why? Why have you never done it before? I, I can never find anybody to do it with me. What? People like to do stuff. You have to, I like, know. a lot of people that I, like, no, I'm, like, the most, like, I want to try this, I want to try that, and everybody's like, no, forget it, we're going to try this. Hold on, are you telling me your fiancé isn't pumpkin carving with you either? It's this whole thing. He'll be like, oh, but we got to go get a pumpkin, and then where are we going to carve oh. the pumpkins at, and where are we going to do this, and whatever. I'm like, all right, well, you know what, you, you sucked all the fun out of the pumpkins. <laughs> I am. I will have words. I am going to have words. Thank you. Uh, with Please your do. Come on. Denise wants to carve a pumpkin. Carve a pumpkin, man. I just just go buy one. I just did a gingerbread house for the first time ever <gasps> last oh, year. Yeah? It yeah? sucked. It was awful. And it just, <laughs> even worse. It was the worst thing ever. I don't think I'd do one this year again. What was so bad about it? It tasted like butt. It was so bad. <laughs> It's not about the taste of it, man. I mean, <laughs> and my house didn't even stay. It was more of a mess than an actual beauty. 
I was going to say, like, I, I feel like gingerbread houses is more about just putting a gingerbread house together as opposed to, because I don't particularly like gingerbread either. But, like, making a gingerbread house is fun. Yeah, I guess. I'm kind of over it. See, like, if I try something and I don't like it, that's it. I'm never trying it again. Oh, but, like, with pumpkin carving, like, you can, uh, me, so me and uh, my wife always put together, like, a meal afterwards, like, with the pumpkin in it, and we, like, cook something with it. So, like, we do a wicked, like, pumpkin carbonara is like a, a favorite of ours to go to. There's so much you can do with pumpkin carving. We just live two different lives, Luke. Like, I can't even, <laughs> I don't even know what pumpkin carbonara is. Like, you have a fancy life. I have like a very non-fancy life. <laughs> We're living two lives, different lives right now. I like, like I can see you doing like the Martha Stewart type projects like, versus like me. I'll just be like, all right, whatever. Like this is what's happening this weekend. No major anything. Oh, I'm jealous. Oh. Okay, right. Well, I mean, that's the other. When you come over to the UK next year, not only will I'm going to make you a five course meal, you can come over around Halloween, and I'll also we'll do some pumpkin carving together, and we'll make you a pumpkin carbonara afterwards. Thank you. Uh, but. <laughs> right let's get out of here you need to go to bed i need to go and have another cup of coffee thank you all so much for listening to this podcast um andy and pete will be back tomorrow with a smackdown review and then on monday ollie and i will be doing the raw review on the wrestle podcast also go check out the fightful podcast as well because i'll be doing the post show with sean go check out denise's instant culture because she'll be doing post show reactions as well fabulous amounts of content for all of you lucky people and it's all free Thank you all so much for listening. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.